0: You have found the podcast of Tressler Mennonite Church. Each week, we replay the sermon from our Sunday morning service so that anyone who may have missed the sermon can catch it later. We want to especially thank those of you who missed the sermon because you were working with our youngest children during the service time. This sermon was from May 1st, 2022. The text was Philippians 3, verses 12-21. through So this year, both of my daughters are in track and field for their school teams right now. They both run the longer races, although they never run against each other because one's in middle school and one's in high school. But I mention this because as a result of this, I've been going to a fair number of these track and field meets over the last month or so. And so I've been thinking about runners and races and things like that, and then I I came across today's passage, and as I'm reading it, especially the New Living Translation, Paul uses a running metaphor, an idea of being at a race and running and trying to reach your end. And, And so as I was reading this passage, I was thinking about some of these pictures from my mind of being at the track and field events, and the runners out there, the students who are competing. Mostly I watch the races. Sometimes I can see a little bit of the jumping, but the other events take place somewhere else. And I, of course, want to be by the finish line where my daughters are going to come in. So I, th- I say this because um, when I was getting this picture in my mind as I was reading this, I was picturing a particular athlete, a student at one of their schools. I'll keep, I'll keep it a little bit vague just in case somebody from that child's family ever stumbles on a recording of this sermon. I don't want them to to notice it. But this particular, partly because this particular athlete is is not particularly good. Um, in many ways, this athlete is is sort of slow, um, lacking the normal the normal physical attributes that one would have who would perform well. But but I actually appreciate watching this runner because the determination, the perseverance is very, very real. I've never talked with this person personally, but I admire that consistent persistence, that perseverance. The race is always finished, even though this runner is always last and by a long shot. And so... I've, like I said, I try to keep them vague just for the sake of that person, but you maybe know an athlete like this, maybe somebody that goes to your child's school or that you remember from when you were in school. So whatever mental picture comes into your mind of somebody who is not particularly good, but who is very persistent and perseveres, keep that in your mind. And I'll come back to this when, Paul, when we get to the place in Paul's letter where he uses an athletic metaphor But anyway, for today, we're in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 21, and we're in a letter, of course, that Paul wrote to a church in the city of Philippi. It's a congregation, I'm just guessing, probably a little bit like our own, in the sense that it was made up of people, normal people, and people who didn't have it all perfect all the time. But even though we're reading somebody else's mail, because he was writing to people a little bit like us, and because God was guiding him as he wrote this, I believe that we can benefit from reading this letter that he wrote to them. The things that God used his letter to teach them are things that God can use to teach us as well. So we divided this letter into a lot of pieces I never went back and counted, but it's a lot of different pieces. We're dividing this one up more tightly than sometimes. And I like that. It gives us more opportunity to develop it. But sometimes I feel like I need to borrow. So I'm going to go back to verse 10, which is, interestingly, exactly the same place Lowell went to. I want to read verse 10 and 11 from last week to get started for this week's passage. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So, so Paul longs to know Jesus more completely, more fully. And of course, part of what Paul wants is to experience that transformation into a new and beautiful life. And, and one aspect that immediately jumps into our minds is that Paul wants that future resurrection that recreation into a new heaven to be part of the new heaven and the new earth someday. But if if you go back and you read last week's passage in its fullness, the broader context indicates that I don't think Paul is necessarily focusing primarily on that physical transformation that he was going to experience. He seems to want to get rid of all of those things in his life that he used to think were valuable and now have his Eyes be focused on those things that Jesus considers valuable, that transformation of his heart, his priorities, and his values. He wants to be more like Jesus in that way, the the whole thing, but that was sort of the focus of last week's passage. So you can go back and read that passage or listen to the sermon again sometime, but Paul seems to want to be transformed to be more like Jesus in the fullness that Jesus intends, physically and spiritually across the board. But then we get to our official passage for today, verses, starting verse 12, and Paul writes, he continues his thought, he says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, or that I, have already, that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So Paul had been describing his longing to be much more like Jesus, to grow ever more in that direction. But then he wants to stress that he is not there yet. I expect that the people in his congregation probably looked at him and and admired him, respected him as a preacher, as a teacher, as an evangelist, a church planner. He was indeed the one who started their own congregation. But Paul wants them to know that he is not perfect yet, and he's actually pretty far from it. And he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead i press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which god through christ jesus is calling us so here's where at least for me that track and field metaphor came into my mind and and think of that athlete that i mentioned who who struggles who's not really naturally gifted like some people are but this athlete keeps on striving to the end of the race because When I first was reading this, and maybe it's the same for you, maybe not, the first thing that I pictured when I was thinking of a race kind of metaphor would be somebody who is an elite athlete, like those that you see at the Olympics, somebody who is just amazing. The kind of person who's naturally extremely talented, gifted, filled with passion, determination, and there, of course, are people like that, and they do show up on those kind of events like at the Olympics, but... As I reflected on it, I think it's probably better for us better for us to think about that kid that I described. When I started the sermon, he's, he's totally normal. Now, Woodbridge doesn't have any particularly gifted athletes on their teams this year, at least to my very inadequate discernment, but most of the people who are on those track and field teams are better than average. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this, probably. But this particular kid seems pretty normal. So when I was reading this passage and I was thinking about it, I, I first was picturing the elite athletes of the Olympics. And then I, then I no, I think Paul's thinking more about a completely normal person. And this kid came into my mind. And I think that might be helpful for us because we here reading this letter that Paul wrote, are pretty normal people. We're not the elite of the spiritual world. We're normal people with all the inadequacies and the failures and the struggles that normal people have. So don't think of the elite. Think of the normal person, the kind of athlete who struggles, who fails, who maybe falls down sometimes and stumbles, but who gets up and perseveres and finishes the race. Paul says, forgetting the past And looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And the next thing Paul does, is seems to emphasize that this, this work, this effort, this striving is a very important part of our walk with Jesus. We need to do this. He says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And I think that's to agree on the idea that we need to strive, we need to persevere, we need to pursue knowing and being like Jesus. And if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. And I think Paul, paul I'm guessing here, but it feels to me like Paul is saying, I know there's some of you are going to have some, some thoughts or some disagreements, but hold off a little bit. I have more to write. We'll get there, and God will help, help explain it. But he says, but we must hold on to the progress We have already made. And my mind jumped back to that track and field metaphor again. If you are running a race and you struggle halfway through, it's true that you're not done yet. But on the other hand, if you look at it at a different angle, you have already gone halfway. So there's something there. Friday evening, we were at a track meet and a young lady there ran really fast and did well in the 300-meter hurdles until... She was in a solid second place until about the last hurdle in which case she tripped and fell pretty hard. So she wasn't done yet but she had made a lot of progress and so at this point she had essentially a choice. Give up or get up and keep running and she got up and kept running and managed to retain her position. So Paul says we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Now the The challenge that I feel like I I have here at this point in in this passage is that when you're you're breaking a letter piece by piece up, and you can talk about it, and sometimes perhaps misrepresent the whole of what Paul would be saying, because you're focusing on a piece of what he's saying right here. So, so far, I think I have accurately represented what Paul was trying to say and have captured some some essence of truth at least at least in my own inadequacy there but if i stop at this point i might create a misunderstanding because it might sound as if i'm saying that you, if you just try hard enough, you will grow to be like Jesus. That if you're not there yet, if you're struggling, it's because you haven't worked hard enough, you haven't dedicated yourself hard enough, you haven't tried, and you just need to wake up tomorrow and try harder. And I think if you've lived life, you know that that is not true. I've said before that we cannot be perfect on our own effort, and if you want to try, go ahead, and you'll discover that I'm right. You will fail. Because see, Well, in another angle of that, our relationship with Jesus, not only our own perfection, but our whole relationship with Jesus is because of his initiative and what he has tried to do. We are adopted into God's family because he started that. We are saved because Jesus rescued us. Paul talks about this at length in other places. And so it's really important for us to understand this this full idea here that we are saved by God's grace through the work of Jesus, not because of our own efforts. And yet, in this part of this particular letter, Paul also is reminding us that there are some choices that we have to make. There are things that we have to do. And so again, I go back to that story about the opening athlete. Each race that that athlete runs, there's a choice to give up because it's so far behind or to keep running and to finish the race. And so I think Paul's focus is that for us, we will have situations in which we will fail, we will struggle, there will be difficulties of all kinds, and each time we have that same kind of choice. Do we give up or do we continue to turn towards Jesus and to pursue him wherever he's leading us? So now Paul goes on then, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example So Paul is putting himself out there as one who has continued to strive and he wants the church to be like him in that way, to keep trying to know Jesus, to be more like Jesus. And Paul knows, unfortunately, there are other kinds of people as well out there, so he continues. He says, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross. They are headed for their destruction their God is their appetite, they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. When I was reading this, it felt like these were kind of harsh words. Their God is their appetite, they brag about shameful things. And, and I can well understand that this would apply to some people. I can, I can get pictures in my mind like that. But Paul seems almost to be saying that there are two, two kind of categories here. Those people who are striving after Jesus and all of the rest who are in this situation, or, or is that what Paul is saying? But I was thinking about it, and I think Paul might be trying to capture the idea that there are, there are essentially just two choices, follow Jesus or not. And I, I was thinking, again, that we like, to, we like to sort of wish that there were some third way, a middle way, in which we don't have to passionately strive to follow Jesus and to know him more and more, but we're not rejecting him either. We're just hanging out there in this middle. And I thought, well, I thought about, again, the athletic metaphor. I thought about that student who struggles in his races, and yet his perseverance is so admirable. That particular kid, there might be times when he wishes there were a second option, other than either giving up or finishing. He might wish that he could stop at the end of the lap, Take a breather, get a pizza to eat and drink some iced tea, and then finish his race. But he doesn't have that choice that doesn't exist. He might wish it did. He either He either perseveres and he finishes the race or he gives up. And maybe, maybe that's a little bit what Paul is trying to capture here, that there are those two options, and there's the only two options. But Paul goes on, he says, "But we are citizens of heaven. So Paul doesn't seem to be worried about himself or the people that he's writing to. He's not worried about the people who are following Jesus because we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. So I I I was thinking about this this metaphor again or not metaphor. Yes, the metaphor of the of the athlete but in this Relate, pertaining to this passage here, we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. I thought about that athlete who isn't particularly good, and I thought maybe there are times when he wishes that he had a different body, one that ran so much easier and faster like the other students on this team. And maybe that's a kind of capture a little bit of what Paul seems to be thinking about as he says, We eagerly are waiting for Christ to return as our Savior. Paul is looking forward to a time when he will no longer have to strive and fail and get up again and try again. Looking forward to that time when Jesus will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power for which he will bring everything under his control. And again, I... I think sometimes we'll read this and we immediately think of everything on the physical sense. And we know from the passages we just read recently at Easter that when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a new body, it was physically different and better, and our mind leaps to a time when we won't get sick or experience injury. But somehow I'm guessing from the broader context here that that is not Paul's biggest motive, that he is not looking forward to a time when his joints will no longer be stiff or he won't get sick. I think Paul is probably mostly wanting to look forward to a time when his heart will be like Jesus, when he will experience a love for people that is like Jesus' love, when his um, compassion and care and mercy will be like Jesus' compassion and care and mercy. So, I'm not trying to ignore the beauty of a promise of a new heaven and a new earth and our being newly created for that place, but the really beautiful thing will be that our hearts are inherently transformed and we will be more like Jesus, and I think that's what Paul is longing for. And so that athlete that I mentioned, he might wish and he might long for a day when his body will be fast and supple and quick, but that time is not right now. And he has another race yet this week, the last of the season. Unless he gets sick or injured, he's probably going to show up, he's going to run that race, he's going to be last, but he's going to persevere, and he's going to finish. And likewise, we might be longing for a time in the future when we are fully, like Jesus, transformed into the men and women that Jesus wants us to be, but we're not there yet. And we struggle, we trip, we fall down. But our season isn't over and God has new things for us, new places to serve him, new people to meet. And so we have a choice. We can either give up when we fall down in those cases or we can keep running after Jesus. We can follow his lead, go the places that he leads us through the changes that he does for us. And we can seek to be like Jesus. So in this part of the letter, Paul Paul is encouraging people to be like he is, striving, pursuing Jesus He's trying to say that every time we fall, we should get up and turn toward Jesus, to keep pressing toward Jesus, and in the end, our Lord will be there to applaud us. You have been listening to the Tressler Mennonite Sermon from May 1st, 2022. The passage was Philippians 3. 12 through 21. Take care.